This episode is being brought to you by the Speak English with Tiffany Academy. If you are ready to take your English to the next level, go to www.speakenglishwithtiffanyacademy.com and join today. Welcome to the Speak English with Tiffany podcast, a podcast especially created for intermediate and advanced English learners. In this podcast, you will hear natural English conversations, learn specific English tips and tricks, and also get to know many different ESL teachers. This podcast will take your English ability to the next level and help you to be more confident and more fluent when you speak in English. Are you ready? Well then, let's jump right in. Hey everyone, Happy New Year! I am Teacher Tiffany and I want to thank you so much for joining me for the first episode of 2020. Today we are going to hear another episode of the Experience America series. In this series, I have conversations with people from different states in America and you will learn more about what makes each state unique how the people are different in each state, what food to eat, amazing places to visit, and so much more. So for today's episode, we are going to learn more about Arizona. In this episode, I speak with my good friend, Darian, who spent many years living in Arizona. Let's jump right in. Hey, Darian, how are you? Doing great. How are you, Tiffany? I'm doing amazing. I want to thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. Same well. Thank you for inviting me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, I mentioned to you before that uh, this series is called the Experience America series. And I talk to people and we discuss different aspects of certain states in America. And you told me that you'd be willing to talk about Arizona. So before we do that, I would like you to tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you well, but can you introduce yourself to the students that are listening to this podcast? Sure. My name is Darian Claxton. I was born in Washington, D.C., raised in Prince George's County, Maryland, lived there for about 20 years. Then I went to school in Huntsville, Alabama, went to a Christian school, Oakwood College, and I lived there for 10 years. So I actually really appreciated that podcast you did about Huntsville, could relate to a lot of that. <laughs> and then uh, met my wife there, or the, the girl who became my wife, and uh, we were dating. She was living in Atlanta, I was living in Huntsville, and we did not want to do the long distance thing, and she wanted to go to law school. And we ended up in Arizona. So we moved wow. to Tucson, Arizona. She got her law degree. We spent 10 years there. And if I think back of all the places I've lived, I probably resonate the most with Arizona only from an experience standpoint, because that's mm -hmm. where I got married. That's where I first got involved in my church. My church put me to work, you know, for someone who did not really have their faith uh, sharp, they, they put me to work. I had my, bought my first house there, started my business there, had my kids there, my two boys there. So I really have a soft spot for Arizona. And now my, my family and I just moved back almost a year, actually exactly a year ago, back to the Washington, D.C. area. This is where we live now. Very nice. Very nice. You know, it's Tucson also has a special place in my heart because I was born in Arizona. So it was right. nice to meet you and find out that you lived there for 10 years and that you're willing to talk about it. So good stuff. I also went to Oakland, as you know, and 
love it, always will love Oakwood College. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to get started now. The first thing I want to ask you is, can you give us kind of the basic overview of Arizona as a state? If you could explain it or describe it to someone. So Arizona is a huge state. Uh, I did not look it up to see where it ranks in terms of the size, mm -hmm. but from a mass standpoint, it is very large, but it's also very densely populated. Mm -hmm. So you've got Phoenix, which is the largest city, which is the capital. Mm -hmm. uh, about an hour south of, of Phoenix is Tucson, which is where I live, which is a little bit smaller. You may have Flagstaff and Yuma, but outside of maybe four or five major cities, you just have desert, you have open space. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the, the entire population of Arizona could fit into, you know, some of these Northeastern cities that you have a lot of people. So mm -hmm. it's very vast, it's very wide. Um, the scenery, which I don't know if you wanna get into now, but it is very different from someone who is from the East Coast or someone who is from a country that, you know, there's a lot of foliage, there's a lot of green, like you don't see any of that. It's just, mm -hmm. it's brown mountains, it's cacti. So, so that's the first thing when, when you're flying into Arizona or driving into Arizona, you see a vast scenery change if your expectation is seeing a bunch of trees. That's just not going to happen in Arizona. Yeah, that is true. You know, I think um, when I was away from Maryland for a long time, I realized how beautiful Maryland actually is, like the Maryland, D.C. area. We have a lot mm -hmm. of trees, like in the neighborhood you go to, mm -hmm. you always see trees. So yeah, Arizona is the exact opposite. Lots of cactus, uh, cacti, and a dry area. <laughs> oh, you're right, you're right. All right, so yep. if um, someone asked you something unique about the state, I know it's very dry. If you had to pick something very unique about Arizona, what would you say? Wow. Um, the weather is interesting. So, um, Folks who live in Arizona would say they're two seasons hot and hotter. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing, I actually prefer the weather there to here in Maryland. Mm. Because what's unique about that area of the world is the dry heat, which is not a myth to me. Like I was always heard that, what's a dry heat? Um, I remember when my wife and I first, at the time she was my fiance, and we, were, we, we went to church and after church we were just walking. And it literally was 100 degrees outside. Mm -hmm. But it felt good. You know, it was, it was May, so you expect in May to get to triple digits. But there was a nice breeze. You didn't have this oppressive humidity over you. And so it feels like 80, 85 degrees. Mm -hmm. But it's also very deceptive because we're walking back to, uh, to where we lived, and I started to dehydrate. I was looking at the grass. I'm like, babe, is the grass moving? Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, we need to get you inside because literally <laughs> you, you don't realize because – on, in, in a place that has more humidity, you will sweat. And you know, yeah. I need to replenish this water that I've lost. But mm -hmm. when it's dry, you just don't realize you have to stay hydrated. So it's easy to, 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 to have an issue if you're not staying hydrated. But I love the weather. And of course, in the, in the uh, wintertime, there is an adjustment for those who move there. Because mm. if you're used to, you know, normal, what I call normal weather, uh, I mean, it was 60 degrees in the wintertime and I'm in shorts and, and a short sleeve shirt and I'm looking at other people and they're like all bundled up and I'm making fun of them. Uh -huh. But the very next year, that was me where I was cold. You know, <laughs> exactly. Degrees. I'm like, whoa, it's cold. You know, so uh, that's one unique about thing there is, is the weather uh, yeah. that I would say that I can really think about Arizona. 
You know, it's funny. I remember a story my parents told me. So I was born there, but we moved to Maryland when I was about six years old. So my memories are few and far between. But one thing my parents told me about was the fact that in the summertime, you could literally crack an egg on the asphalt and it would fry. Like, I thought they were joking when yeah. they first told me. They're like, no, 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 it's that hot. You can go there and fry an egg outside on the street. So, yeah, the weather is very interesting in Arizona. Very interesting. Okay. Well, what about the uh, scenery? You mentioned it a little bit in the beginning, but what about the scenery? And you're probably hearing a, a plane going on overhead, but we're going to keep on rolling. So tell me about the scenery. Uh, you can copy and paste the weather report 300 days of the year. There's always going to be sun. Uh -huh. um, so usually when you go outside, you can expect to see that big uh, orange ball in the sky at some point. Uh -huh. uh, mountains, pretty much anywhere you look, you're going to see a mountain range. And they're brown mountains. To me, they were beautiful. I absolutely loved it. Um, you're desert landscaping. So this is the only place that I had been to where I saw houses that didn't have lawns. Like, I mean, some of them have lawns. Right. But you have some houses where there's literally, there's some cacti and there's some, what do they call the smaller cacti? The, um, I can't remember. There's, there's uh, so, saguaros and there, there's several other desert plants that would kind of litter the front of people's yards. So I'm like, wow. where's, the, where's the lawn at, right? Because, you know, grass growing there is difficult and also the expense to irrigate mm -hmm. uh, grass can be, can be prohibitive. So, mm -hmm. so that's part of the scenery where you just see this pretty much everywhere you look. A lot of brown, a um, lot of brush, you know, I've see, I see brush blowing in the wind. Uh -huh. um, if you travel, if you drive between Tucson and Phoenix, you can see the Torbellinos, the, um, the dust storms. You can oh, wow. see a lot of those. So uh -huh. that's something that you see, sometimes very small, sometimes very large. And not, not like a tornado per se, but it's just something that you see. Like, oh, I see some, 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 some dust, some dirt swirling over there. That's, that's something that I was used to. So wow. I absolutely love the scenery there. It's like watching... If you grow up watching Westerns and now you actually can see this stuff in real life. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely captivating for someone who has never experienced that before. Very interesting. Very interesting. So what about the people? Like, what do you remember about the people? So again, like, for example, in Maryland or in our state, because of the greenery, it's kind of one of those things you want to be outside all the time in the spring and mm -hmm. the fall as well. Like a lot of hiking and in the summertime outside but it sounds like because of the heat and there's not a lot of grass, people aren't necessarily outside as much in Arizona. Can you describe the people? Sure. Well, to, to kind of tie in the weather aspect, like if you fly over Tucson, you probably see, or Arizona in general, you see a lot more houses with pools than back east. So a lot of people mm -hmm. have pools. So if you're outside in the summertime, that's probably where you want to go. Obviously, there's no beach anywhere. There's no beachfront. Um, so a lot of people, if they're not in a pool, they're going from AC to AC, right? The AC exactly, of your home exactly. or your work to your car, <laughs> and you don't want to be outside. But in terms of the people, you know, where I lived in Tucson, there were a lot of transplants like myself. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you didn't have a lot of people that I came across like when I first moved there, they were from the area. So most folks are, are they moved like, like me did, like I did, or you have what we call snowbirds, mm. which are older folks who live in Chicago or Minnesota or colder areas of the country. And they would travel there for the winter time to escape, you know, minus 20 degrees. 
Right. So you have a lot of people who are there who, and you know, if, if you are an impatient driver, you definitely have to up that because if you have these older folks on the road, it can kind of slow things down because they don't know where they're <laughs> going or they're just older for whatever would have you. Um, but I found the people very friendly. Now I've lived in the South mm-hmm. um, and I also lived in the East. So I would put them in the middle. So in the East coast, you have, um, I listened to your New York podcast and she was talking about how there's this hustle and bustle and you're just always yep. going somewhere. Right. Down south is the complete opposite where mm-hmm. the, the gentleman that you spoke to. I mean, I could I could relate to that where you go into a gas station or you go, you know, to 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 McDonald's or whatever have you. And you have a full length conversation with someone who you don't yep. even know. Exactly. So Tucson's kind of in the middle where people are very open to small talk, uh-huh. but they also have some things that are going on. So it's laid back as you as you would expect in the West Coast, uh-huh. but not as open as that Southern hospitality that you get. Um, I understand. So I loved the people. I thought that folks were very friendly. Folks weren't particularly rude or anything like that. Mm. But it, it just wasn't the South in terms of that level of openness. That makes sense. Well, it, it sounds like a great place for people to visit. Again, like a lot of the students listening to this podcast have never been to America. So if they do get the opportunity, a lot of them go to California or New York, like these opposite ends of America. But it sounds like Arizona will be a really nice place for them to stop by because the people are so friendly. And even though they're not as friendly as those sure. in the South, they are nice, kind of a nice medium. So that's good. That's good. Sure. As you're listening, guys, remember so that. So one thing... Hmm. Go ahead. One thing that I would add is that if you are visiting there for the first time and you you don't speak English and if your language, I speak Spanish fluently. Uh If you speak Spanish, it can actually be a stumbling block. You can find comfort zones because of Mm -hmm. its proximity to the Mexican border. Like Mm -hmm. if you're in South Tucson, like I loved being in South Tucson because mm-hmm. if I were to contrast in in Maryland, if people hear me speaking Spanish, they ask where are you from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Arizona, if I'm up north, people can't conceive of the fact I'm African American or African Caribbean. People cannot conceive the, of the fact of a black person speaking Spanish. So they're like, why are you speaking Spanish or where did you learn Spanish, whatever. But you go wow. to South Tucson where you have tons of people that don't speak English and they're just ecstatic that you speak their language. Wow. Right? So, so I could have conversations with people and they're not even they're not even batting an eye. They're just happy that I speak their language. Exactly. But the problem with that is you may have people, you have like, I've talked to people in all corners of this country uh-huh. who have been here 20, 30, 40 years and don't know a word of English. Like Are not even like the basics because oh, they surround themselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So they go to church and there's nothing but that language. They live in neighborhoods. They go to the jobs. They, they buy the TV packages. You know, yeah. So I would encourage someone to do what I did. How I really learned after taking classes was by immersion, by forcing myself. Yeah. To do it. And so if you're in Tucson, you're in those areas, you can get complacent to where, oh, this person speaks Spanish. So I'll just not even bother to speak English. Right. That's your tagline. Don't forget, speak English. So wherever you go, you exactly. have to do that. So if that's your thing, then that could be an issue. Also, if you speak a different language, there are people with heavily accented English. True. In that area. So there could be some difficulties there the more south you get in Arizona. But by and large, I think there's a lot of opportunities to to practice your English, to learn uh, from other people and to be uh, be treated with respect. Nice. I like that you brought that point up, though, about uh, people having an accent. 
Uh, I know when I was teaching in South Korea, uh, a lot of my students, like they'd mentioned like, oh, teacher, you speak very clearly. Is that the, the main accent in America? I was like, no, if you go to America, depending <laughs> on what state you're in, the accent is going to be very different. I said, there are certain parts of America where the accent is so thick or so heavy that even Americans have a hard time understanding and have to say, oh, can you repeat that one more time? So I think that's really good that you brought that out, that students realize when they come to America and when they go to Arizona, for example, they're going to hear various accents. The English is still good, but the accents are different. So thank you for bringing that up. That's a really good point. Now, we get into one of my favorite questions, especially since it's about Arizona and especially since Arizona is where my love for Mexican food started. But tell me about your favorite food from Arizona. Sure. So I actually have to say that food in Arizona is a disappointment for someone from D.C. only because of my expectation of diversity. <laughs> gotcha. Like So in Arizona, you don't really have a lot of diversity from a cultural standpoint. I mean, maybe in Phoenix you can get you can get by, but like in Tucson, you mm -hmm. have tons of Mexican restaurants and very good Mexican restaurants. Mm -hmm. But let's say you want some Ethiopian food or you want some, mm -hmm. well, they have a good, there's a good, there's a couple of really good Thai restaurants, a couple of really good Indian restaurants, but like getting the, the smorgasbord of cultural uh, yeah, explosion, yeah. like you don't really get that like you would get in, in DC or Atlanta or, or, or South, Southern California. Um, but what I do like mm -hmm. is the authenticity of the Mexican restaurants. Like if True. you were to go to one there in Tucson, like going somewhere else, like maybe somewhere in the Midwest and going to Mexican restaurant, like, ah, oh, this is not really because you've had more authentic Mexican exactly. food because you're right across the border, obviously. Um, exactly. so there was a place, um, El Nidito, which means the El... little nest. El, El Nidito, it's N-I-D-I-T-O. Got you. Um, that was a nice. That was a nice Mexican restaurant that that, that my wife and I really liked. Uh -huh. um, as I mentioned, there's a couple of good Thai restaurants. I love I love um, Asian explosions because I love tofu, right? So I love yeah. places that can really season the tofu well. Uh -huh. And there is a lot. There's a lot of um, the the vegan influence is very strong there in the places that I've gone to. Nice. Where there's a lot of vegan options, regardless uh -huh. of the cuisine that you go to. So you can find some good tofu dishes where it's seasoned well. Uh, you good. can find some good, you know, eggless or, 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 or milkless uh, uh, dishes there. The menus have a lot of detail to say, okay, this is, this is vegan or this is vegetarian, but not vegan. So nice. there's a lot of that that's there. And I also have to mention, if you're going to go to Tucson, uh, EG's, you got to you got to go to EG's. Yo, EG's uh, is EG's, still there? It was, I still EG's remember is EG's. still there. That is, okay, yeah. you have to describe EG's. I'm, that's crazy. Go ahead. So, I'd never, I'd never heard of EG's. I never realized I would miss it until I left. So, EG's is a sub, they sell subs and they also sell slushies. That's kind of mm -hmm. what they're known for. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're like hoagies you can get, and you can get vegetarian ones, you can get pizza subs, you can get all different types of meats. Mm -hmm. And it seems very simple when you think of the concept, like, well, this is kind of, you know, it's kind of a subway. Like, no, it's, to me, it was totally different. It was yep. kind of a cultural experience. Um, and, and having that slush, the different flavors of the slushes they had was just, I, I miss it. I really do yeah. miss it. Um, so it's kind of a place like you just, just go there and, and get whatever the special is. They usually will have these specials of the month and they have, some of them are, are unique to where like, you won't see it again for another year. 
And, yeah. and, and, and so you'd be like, I remember there was a particular, I don't remember the, the type of sandwich, this particular sandwich they had that was so good. Uh-huh. And I'm just thinking they're going to add it to the, to the menu at some point. And they were like, no, it's gone. And I'm like, really? What's it coming back? <laughs> so they would have these unique sandwiches and unique flavors that you uh-huh. have to capitalize on. So definitely check out an EG's. It's very inexpensive, very good, kind of a guilty pleasure that yeah. you will miss when you leave Arizona. Oh, man. Guys, he's definitely telling the truth. I left Arizona more than 30 years ago, and I still remember that place. Ah, man. So good. Okay. All right. So, EG's, I mean, honestly, it's a food place, but it kind of leads into the Mm. next thing, which was three must-see places in Arizona. So, I'm going to say four must-see, and EG's being one of those places. So, if you had to tell somebody that was going to visit Arizona, three must-see places, what would you say? Well, you got it. Obviously, number one's the Grand Canyon. I, um, I knew you. I was, you I was wondering. I was like, to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you cannot go to Arizona without visiting the Grand Canyon, which is, I mean, it's it's a good drive from from where I lived in Tucson. It's several hours north of there, but that's definitely on your list. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, the Desert Museum. The Desert Museum. I really liked that. So on our first anniversary, my wife and I's anniversary, we went there. And I believe in your DC podcast, you mentioned how we're used to things being free. We're used to Smithsonian mm-hmm. museums, museums being free. So when we went there, we're like, oh, it's $16 per person. We're like, what? What is this? So right. expect to pay mm-hmm. to go into the museum, but I think it's very well worth it. It's kind of an introduction to the scenery, to the mm. ecology of that region. You know, they'll have like bobcats that are that they're in their natural habitat, but of course you're safe from them. Um, yeah, that's one thing I didn't mention about the scenery. I mean, the animals you have, mm-hmm. you have rattlesnakes, you have foxes, yeah. you have scorpions, you have mountain lions. So there are definitely some things you don't see back East, but, um, yeah. definitely the De- desert museum is on the list of places to go. Um, believe it or not, one thing I really miss about Tucson is the roadhouse theater, uh, roadhouse Road- theater, uh-huh. Uh-huh. roadhouse theater is a, it's, it's basically a regular movie theater, but they have a restaurant that is that is embedded into it. And so you can eat while you watch and they have really good ice cream and they have really good types of popcorn. I'm not talking about movie popcorn with butter, like 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 gourmet popcorn. And you can wow. eat people come serve you while you're watching a regular movie. Right. I like that. So, I like that idea. They, they, they only have a few locations across the country and Tucson and Phoenix are two of those areas. Nice. So I would I would say the Roadhouse Cinema, very nice. Um, uh, the Desert Museum, uh, Grand Canyon, and EG's off Easy. the top of my head. Hey, you done gave them an excellent list, brother. Excellent list. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I mean, of course, I enjoyed this because you know it's my birthplace, and I mm. it reminded me of so many things uh, from when I was there. But before we end, is there anything else you'd like to say? Again. The students listening to this podcast have most likely never been there. Anything else you'd like mm-hmm. to tell them? Any advice that they um, would need uh, prior to going to Arizona? Sure. Um, you know, as I said, it's very, it's a very friendly, it's very open 
Um, I loved it from a business because I own my own business. I do software development and it's very friendly for small businesses. There, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of groups that, you, I mean, you basically are paying for your food if you want to eat, but that's it. And they meet on a regular basis and they're passing referrals. Like where I am in DC, we don't have that. Like you have to pay a lot of money and you're stuck to go into these groups, these exclusive groups, paying a ton of money. Like you don't have that. So very friendly to small businesses. Um, there is, I mean, I, I can't say enough about the weather. So for example, if you are there and you want to go skiing, like you literally can drive up to Mount Lemon, which is probably another thing on your list of places gotcha. to visit. You can Mount drive an hour and you got snow, right? So, wow. so even when it's hot, even when it's warm, at least, you can get to snow very easily. Nice. Um, Another thing about Arizona is things are generally pretty close together. I mean, even if you're like, like Phoenix is kind of spread out, but compared to, to the more urban areas of the country, um, mm -hmm. you know, where you expect to drive very far to go here. Like I live in Fort Washington, Maryland, and I'm driving an hour and a half to my son's school. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm driving an hour to my office, which is where I am now. So you're used to that. You don't really get that in, in a lot of parts of Arizona, mm -hmm. but uh, I think it's a great, place for someone who who wants to uh find some good food wants to be mm -hmm. able to relax throughout the year in terms of a weather standpoint um make some friends like the, the place does kind of shut down early outside of the university because there's a lot of retirees there you know usually nine o'clock so you're not expecting to see a lot of buzzing going on there but if you're looking for a quiet place laid back place with some great people i think that you would love arizona very nice. Very nice. Man, excellent. Excellent. Making me want to go and visit sometime <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, Darian, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate you. And I know the students are going to really enjoy this episode. I know they already did if they've already listened. Sure, sure. Thanks for having me and looking forward to your next episode. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Experience America series. Remember, if you want to watch the full video recording of my conversation with Darian, all you have to do is join the Speak English with Tiffany Academy, go to the Experience America series resource, and click Arizona. This has been Teacher Tiffany with the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. Until next time, remember to speak English.